Welcome to Beyond Blathers, the podcast where we dive deeper into the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. I'm Olivia DeBercier. And I'm Sophia Osborne. And if you want to support the show, check out our merch store at etsy.com slash shop slash beyondblathers to see all the stickers, postcards, and sticker sheets we have for sale. Yeah, and we wanted to take a minute at the start of the show just to ask you to quickly, whatever platform you're on, if you're able to leave us a rating and a review, we would really, really appreciate it. We want to start off the new year on a good foot. (laughs) And feel free to tell your friends about us. We'd love to get some new listeners this year. So if you have any friends who might like a little bit of, you know, good animal fact content in their lives, please let them know. We would super appreciate it. So this week, Sophia is going to be telling us about the sweet shrimp, which I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's just like, I guess there are lots of species of shrimp. And this one goes by a lot of names, which we'll get into. But I just love sweet shrimp as a name. That's so cute. It's just like a sweet, sweet little guy. It sounds really yummy. Like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if that's the wrong vibe. I think, I mean, these are like the shrimp that you've probably eaten, you know, here in Canada, like, and they're, they're eaten, you know, in like Japan and stuff too, hence why they're in the game. But I mean, I don't know if I would describe them as that sweet. I don't know. They're just like the shrimp that probably like my mom buys at the grocery store, like frozen. Yeah. With the like shrimp dip in the middle. Like what? I love that dip. It's so good. cocktail sauce. Yeah. Yeah, shrimp cocktail is so good. <laughs> I want to eat that. Anyway, yes. we should have that to celebrate. We should. This episode. Uh, I need to go to Superstore now. Get some good old frozen <laughs> shrimp. It'll be like $40 or something ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so if you bring a sweet shrimp to Blathers, he'll say, The sweet shrimp spends the first few years of its life as a male. It then transitions into a female as it ages. Interestingly, it is hardly alone in this type of developmental cycle. Indeed, a great variety of marine creatures can change their biological sex as they age. Clownfish, some sea stars, and sea bass are among them too. Woohoo, the ocean is full of a great many wonders. Huzzah to that, I say. He's got a lot of energy behind him. <laughs> yeah, Blathers is like a queer ally. Yeah, for sure. We love it. Yeah, I mean, like Father said, I mean, this is actually surprisingly common. I mean, it's it's still rare, but like we've covered quite a few of the creatures that do show this trait. So I'm going to talk about it a little bit, but like I don't think it's the most interesting thing about them. I, I really feel like with Animal Crossing, when that's like the case, they always like zoom in on that. Like, like this yeah. is so strange. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. Like We're just kind of over it at this point. We're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, like animals have weird reproductions sometimes. That's how it is. Especially I feel like marine creatures and uh, like lots of invertebrates. There's some weird stuff that happens. And like this one is so common. Yeah, so I wanted to talk a bit about taxonomy to start. Because you were like, what is the sweet shrimp? And it's a good question. I feel like with shrimp, I never really hear about species of shrimp or anything like that. So today we're going to be talking about the Pandalus borealis and also the Pandalus eos, which were considered to just be one species up until recently, but now they're considered separate species 
with Pandalus borealis as the Atlantic species and Pandalus eos as the Pacific species. I really like these Latin names. They sound really, I don't know, really magical. Yeah, it's like the Aurora borealis, but it's a shrimp. (laughs) And the word panda is in it. Yeah, that's true too. I didn't think about that. It almost sounds like a pendulum, like pendulum borealis is, I think, the image that's in my mind. Ooh, that's very haunting. Yeah, I a lot of the literature still kind of seems to group them both under Pandalus borealis. And we're mostly going to be talking about that species today because that's what we fish here in Canada and what used to be fished in the U.S. But we will talk about why that is in the past tense in a little <laughs> bit. So you might also hear the species referred to as the northern shrimp, the northern prawn, the pink shrimp deep water prawn there were a lot of other ones as well there's a lot of names i hadn't really heard sweet shrimp before i guess that might be more so the name you might hear like in japan for this episode i'm mostly going to be referring to them as the northern shrimp because that's what we see in most north american literature on this species but you might also find all the names kind of confusing because they just use shrimp and prawn interchangeably and like are they a shrimp or are they a prawn Or are shrimp and prawns the same thing? Like, what is the difference between them? Is there a difference? So I wanted to take this opportunity to talk about that because it's kind of a question that I've always had. Yeah, no, I've always wondered that and I've never thought to Google it. So I'm excited to hear what's going on here. Yeah, so it turns out that they're actually like quite different, but also quite similar. I don't know. Taxonomy is weird. I want a shirt that just says taxonomy is weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we should make that. I like it. So shrimp and prawns are part of an order of crustaceans called the decapoda that includes crabs, lobsters, crawfish, etc. And we have done episodes on mantis shrimp and crawfish, so you can go back and take a listen to those as well if you're a decapoda fan. But the sweet shrimp is a true shrimp, and the true shrimp are an infraorder... So sort of like a suborder within the decapoda called the Caridia. But the prawns are actually a different suborder called the Dendrobranchiata. And this was like the most surprising thing I think I learned during this episode. Shrimp are actually more closely related to lobsters and crabs than they are to prawns. Oh, Which is so weird. Like they look so similar to prawns and they taste the same. (laughs) And like restaurants often use the terms interchangeably like fisheries use the terms interchangeably so i always just thought that prawns and shrimps were at least very closely related if they weren't the same thing oh yeah like totally they they seem so similar what actually is the difference though like beyond the taxonomic names that's the weird thing is like i don't think the differences are that apparent or like I would say they don't seem that significant to me but probably a taxonomist or like a shrimp biologist or something would be like that's wrong they're very significant probably (laughs) but the most important difference it seems is actually the structure of their gills the caridia so that's the shrimp have a lamellar gill structure which means that it's a plate-like structure so it kind of looks like plate armor or like a lizard scales Whereas the dendrobranchiata or prawns have a branching gill structure. Kind of hard to explain in podcast form without pictures, (laughs) but 
just, I guess, trust us that the gills structure is different. But that doesn't really help if you're trying to identify a shrimp versus a prawn that you caught or that you're looking at at the grocery store. In terms of their outward appearance, prawns usually have three sets of claws while shrimp have two. And they also have different like appearance of their abdominal sections. So prawns have their abdominal sections all seeming to be about the same size. So basically like they have kind of even abdominal sections. Whereas shrimp have a larger second abdominal section that overlaps some of the other segments. This is also hard to explain, but it produces <laughs> this distinctive bend in the shrimp abdomen that they call the Caridian bend, which makes sense to me because like, you know, the shrimp that you buy at the grocery store and how they're so like, they're like a little C shape, like they're yeah. very curved, whereas prawns a lot of times like they don't have as much of that like bend as the shrimp do. Yeah. And just to clarify, when you say abdominal sections, you're talking about sort of on their back they've got those like almost like like you said like plates of armor yes looking things that's what you're talking about when you mean the sections yeah exactly it's like what you if you peeled shrimp or prawns and like you have to kind of peel off those parts it's like that it's all it's very like almost like an insect too you know like it's very arthropody yeah that that part almost like, like an exoskeleton yeah exoskeleton yeah, but honestly, if you confuse prawns and shrimps, you are really not alone. <laughs> in the UK, the word prawn is more common on menus than shrimp, but shrimp is more popular as a term here in North America. People also use prawn to just talk about any large shrimp. And in Australia, they pretty much only say prawn. So it just, it's all over the map. I feel like when I see the word prawn, I think of something fancier than shrimp. Mm, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's like a marketing thing too. Like if you say prawn, people are like, oh, it's so bougie. Yeah, totally. So going back to the sweet shrimp, like how big are they? And is it really easy to mistake them for prawns? Yeah, I think that they look a lot like shrimp. They're like what I think of as shrimp. They're quite small. They average two to four inches long or five to ten centimeters, but they can get up to like double that, basically depending on the temperature of the water. But they're they're pretty small, guys. They're sweet, sweet little shrimp. Sweet little things. And where are they found? Uh, so you said the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans, but like where in the oceans? Yeah, so they're, this is a cold water shrimp species. There are lots of warm water ones as well, and they can usually get a lot bigger. But the northern shrimp are found in the cold waters of the North Atlantic, North Pacific, and Arctic Oceans. They prefer colder water temperatures between 2 to 6 degrees Celsius or 35 to 42 degrees Fahrenheit. They live on soft mud bottoms from 30 to 1,000 feet deep or 9 to 300 meters. It seems that they travel with the cold waters as seasons change, and they're only really found close to shore during late winter and spring when the water's the coldest. In the U.S., most of the northern shrimp fishing was concentrated in Maine, and in Canada, the fisheries are off the east coast of Nova Scotia, in the Gulf of St. Lawrence, and in Davis Strait, and off the coast of Labrador and northeastern Newfoundland. Hmm, that's kind of cool. I didn't know they fished for them there. So could we talk about their development cycle? Was Blathers right about the way they transition from male to female? 
Yeah, so they are protrandrous hermaphrodites, which you might be familiar with from some of our other episodes. They begin life as males, and they sexually mature at roughly two and a half years old. They then transform into females at about three and a half years old. As females, they start spawning in late July offshore, and then in the late fall and winter, the egg-bearing females move inshore where the eggs hatch. The juveniles remain in coastal waters for a year or more before migrating to deeper offshore waters where they mature as males. And most northern shrimp don't live past five years old, but they can live up to eight years. That's still more than I expected. Yeah, same. I mean, we're going to do octopus soon, and like one of my... I don't know. One of the facts that's stuck with me the most from this podcast is that octopus only live for like one or two years, which is wild. Like shrimp live longer than them, really. It's it's so crazy. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. The octopus episode is going to be intense. I'm very excited. So let's talk about the conservation of the species. You suggested that they may no longer be fished in certain places. So are they were they really heavily fished? What's going on there? Yeah, so this is something that I found really interesting is the conservation story because it's very different depending on whether we're talking about fisheries in Canada or the U.S. In Canada, we still fish for northern shrimp. And according to the Department of Fisheries and Oceans, quote, harvesting strategies have always been conservative or precautionary. As a result, the eastern Scotian shelf stock has grown or remained at high levels throughout the history of the fishery. End quote. And I don't know. I mean, this is from like the Department of Fisheries and Oceans website. And I think it might be a bit like they're patting themselves on the back for something that might not really have to do with them. (laughs) But I don't know. Anyway, basically, they are still at quite high levels here in Canada and they're still fished. But contrast this with the U.S. According to a 2018 stock assessment conducted by the Atlantic States Marine Fisheries Commission, the northern shrimp stock in the U.S. has collapsed and stock size has remained at unprecedented lows for several years. And yeah, in the U.S., there's been a fishing moratorium on northern shrimp in place since late 2013. And the stock has not recovered since that moratorium was put into place. So yeah, this is so interesting to me. And I wonder, Olivia, do you have a guess as to why we might be seeing this difference in fish stock in the two countries? The cynical part of me thinks that Canada's just lying (laughs) (laughs) because I feel like so often Canada just like we let the economic forces really dictate what we say about our stocks of certain animals. That's that. But if I'm thinking of like an ecological reason, is it like something to do with the change in like currents or like hurricanes or something? That's a good guess. I'm going to let the listeners cast your guesses now Mm -hmm. and I will reveal the answer. I also, yeah, I think the cynical answer, I'm not sure how right that is. The stock collapse in the U.S. makes it seem like they would fish it if they could, but they like physically can't. Okay, interesting. Like it really collapsed. So I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure about that, but the answer actually seems to be temperature. So if you guessed climate change, you're unfortunately correct. (laughs) For northern shrimp, temperature is very important, especially during development. And the Gulf of Maine, where the main fisheries are for northern shrimp in the United States, sits at the southernmost end of their range. So it's already like on the warmer side 
for them of their range before we added climate change to the Hmm. mix. So this quote is from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Association's website. Quote, Higher spawning biomass and colder temperatures produce stronger recruitment of new young shrimp into the population. In 2012, waters in the region were 2 degrees Celsius above the 1982 to 2011 average and remained above average in all months of the year. The Gulf of Maine has been warming rapidly. The northern shrimp population had shown signs of stress before 2012 with low survival of young shrimp to age 1 in 2010 and 2011, end quote. But interestingly, that in and of itself is not enough to account for this intense collapse. So what else contributed? Well, a study published by R. Ann Richards and Margaret Hunter in PLOS1 in 2021 linked the collapse of the northern shrimp population to climate-related shifts in one of their main predators, the longfin squid. To come to this conclusion, researchers analyzed the stomach contents of all the species caught during four scientific surveys conducted in 2012. They found that longfin squid was the only species that clearly increased in areas where shrimp were present in 2012. And the early onset of spring in the Gulf in 2012 also meant that female shrimp were still inshore when the longfin squid arrived in areas shrimp would have left in cooler years. This increased the opportunity that squid had to feed on shrimp. Huh. And I wanted to include this quote from Richards, which I think is really important. Quote, despite a fishing moratorium beginning in December 2013, the population has not recovered and the fishery is still closed. Our study provides further evidence that changing species interactions will have major impacts as ecosystems reorganize due to climate change. End quote. I like the phrase ecosystem reorganization because that very much feels like what it is so often. Yeah, it really shows, I think, that, yeah, the impact of climate change on the food web in, like, such a a stark way. Yeah, and timing can be such a big deal for different species. Like, they've got it down to to such a specific method that when something gets changed, like, you know, the squid come a little earlier or the shrimp leave a little later. Like, yeah, of course, it makes sense. It would really mess with them. Yeah, totally. And I think the fact that it's happening on multiple levels, like the warmer waters is affecting them, you know, developmentally. And then it's also affecting what predators are there when it's really like a double-edged sword. In uh, in the biz, we like to call that cumulative effects. It's not a great term, but I feel like I have to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so ocean temperatures in the Gulf of Maine remain high, and an increase in other northern shrimp predators, including spiny dogfish, redfish, and silver hake, may also be contributing to a decline in the northern shrimp. So yeah, I'm sorry to leave us on a kind of depressing note. Unfortunately, I don't really have like a a happy, like recovery story or anything like that (laughs) and I can't really give specific things to do about climate change but I do think you know it's important to provide this example of yeah of that kind of ecosystem reorganization due to climate change and I also wanted to end with this quote from the Department of Fisheries and Oceans website here in Canada just about the importance of the species Quote, the species sits squarely in the middle of the North Atlantic Ocean's food web, 
between the small organisms that it eats, including the phytoplankton and zooplankton that form the base of the food web, and the top predators that eat it, like cod and other commercially important fin fish. As a result, it is the marine equivalent of the canary in the mine shaft, sensitive to various types of changes in the ecosystem. Yeah, I think it's interesting to talk about those little, the little things, the not super, you're not seeing a lot of news stories necessarily on it, unless probably you live in a place where that industry is really important. So it's, it's cool to shine a light on that. And I'll be honest, I got really distracted the second you said silver hake because I was like, what on earth is that? And I Googled <laughs> it and it's it's just a fish. It, it's very bland looking fish that's kind of silvery. That's a cool <laughs> so name, if anyone though. else is wondering that, I was like, that sounds like a very exciting animal. Yeah, I wanted to Google longfin squid too. Longfin. I bet that looks cool. Oh, kind of looks like a oh, normal Oh, well, I'm getting big squid. fin squid, but I don't think that's correct. I want long fin. Come on. That looks like exactly how like a squid should look to me. That's just like a, a very regular squid. <laughs> and then there's the like terrifying big fin squid, which looks like oh. nothing that should exist on this earth. <laughs> so <laughs> kind of a contrast there. Um Give it a yeah, Google. but I think what you were saying, like shrimp, shrimp or something to me that, yeah, it's just like I just kind of eat them like in pasta and and with cocktail sauce. And I'm just like, yeah, they're almost like insects or something where you're just like, well, there are like gajillion of them and they're fine or whatever. But it's like, no, there are issues, too, with them. So, yeah, I had I had no idea that like the population in the U.S. had collapsed and everything. Maybe if I was yeah in Maine, I would know that. But. Yeah, I hope this was like an enlightening episode and yeah, just appreciate your shrimp when you yeah. eat it. <laughs> and don't be like me and complain that the shrimp plate is $40 cuz, you know, good reason. Yeah. Wait, actually, how much is it? Let me look at the Superstore website. This is research. <laughs> I was at Superstore yesterday, but I did not look at the shrimp. If anyone is listening that isn't from Canada, Superstore is like our go-to cheap grocery place i've heard people compare it to trader joe's but i do not think it's that cool it's like if trader joe's was crossed with like costco or something but not in a nice way but it's just sort of like (laughs) but in all the worst ways of (laughs) yeah it's like things are in bulk like we were trying to buy one cucumber but we could only get a pack of three (laughs) it's like that's a lot president's choice oh that looks like a prom though they call it white shrimp. It's eleven ninety nine for a frozen bag. And if I wanted a beautiful shrimp platter with the cocktail sauce, that's sixteen ninety nine. So you know what? I could I can afford to go down to superstore now and get one. You really yeah, but you really now overestimated I, that. <laughs> I really did overestimate it. However, How much can black a shrimp tiger cost? shrimp is twenty seven dollars for half of a plate. And those yeah. look like prawns though. So we're seeing evidence of what you said. Yeah, it's really hard to know because, well, actually the reason, this is like getting so off topic, but the reason that I wanted to do shrimp was because when we were in Singapore over the winter break, like with us with my mom and we were visiting relatives and everything, we had, I guess, prawns a lot. I think they were prawns. <laughs> yeah, I think they were prawns. Like, yeah, yeah, it, prawns. We had prawns and you know, they're with the shell on and everything. And they're huge. My mom was like, you better enjoy this while you can. You can't find prawns like this back in Canada. 
they don't get that big because it's not as warm and it's true but you know i think i prefer shrimp to prawns and maybe it's because they're sweeter i don't know maybe i also think like i feel really uncomfortable when i'm eating something with my hands and i have to like take a bite and then it's just sort of like weirdly hanging there like it just feels messier than just eating like a little shrimp yeah i agree i like I think I prefer shrimp. I find the prawns there, at least. I found them really fishy. I don't know. I shouldn't complain. I have one more grocery store related thing. (laughs) Okay. I just found an organic shrimp ring with the cocktail sauce. And my question is, what makes it organic? Yeah. It's shrimp. That sounds like greenwashing. It does. <laughs> I know Unless, that like, like, I guess shrimp it's can farmed. be farmed. Yeah, shrimp can be farmed. But so. like, maybe they I mean wild shrimp. Organic shrimp. I am suspicious. I mean, maybe all shrimp is organic. Maybe. Because <laughs> it doesn't have like horm- fertilizer or something. <laughs> this is one question doesn't we have can't answer for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, oh, well, I guess we should let people go. <laughs> you yeah, have to listen to a really talk fascinating about grocery conversation. <laughs> okay. Anyway, thank you so much, Sophia. I enjoyed listening to this. Uh, obviously, I just want to talk about shrimps now. So thank you for uh, bringing us all of this knowledge today. And everyone, thanks for listening. If you made it this far, wow, applause to you. <laughs> you now know about organic shrimp. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Beyond Blathers and check out our TikTok at Beyond underscore Blathers. And don't forget to take a look at our shop. It's at Etsy.com slash shop slash Beyond Blathers. Tune in next week to learn more about the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Bye. Bye. Bye.